Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. Good. Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? Um, well, Shauna and anybody watching, my name is Keela O's and I am a wellness practitioner, a shamanic-based wellness practitioner here in West Kelowna, and I am the owner of Serene Spirit Healing. So, I'm going to say that wrong, shamanic healing? Shamanic. Shamanic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an earth-based healing modality that encourages us to get back in alignment with the planet and how we function without taking too much or, you know, a heightened awareness of how to be in sync with the planet, with the people that we share it with. So you do that with people? I do. So the, the energy modality that's linked to the shamanic work, uh, it's, it's very spiritual, but it's also... My particular specification is on trauma and I work with the mind-body connection. So I do a lot of, um, I have a lot of influence from meditation, both traditional and non-traditional types. They become a big part of my practice for, you know, trying to find people a way to become balanced and to find clarity in whatever place they seem to find themselves in their life. And also to work through um, repressed trauma that can show up in the body as pain, illness, um, any sort of uh, immune deficiency issues, nutritional issues, all of those things. So the shamanic piece is about finding space in your life to reconnect with the voice that we all have that really um, tells us what path we're supposed to be on, whether we're on track or off track and how to get back on. So awesome. that's the shamanic piece. Awesome. So when you, if I was to come and see you for a session of this, what kind of would it look like? Right. That's a good question. So yeah, it's a really good question. <laughs> so there's many different ways that we can approach a session. It really depends on what people need right now. What people are needing is um, a way to understand their new reality and how they've uh, been forced to reset and given and granted opportunity to really find alignment with what their moral values are, what their family values are, what's important. And so coming in for a session, usually we start with just like a 20 minute Zoom just to understand whether it's trauma that you'd like to focus on, whether it's spiritual growth that you wanna focus on, do you want to implement a meditation practice? How does that show up for you? Do you have issues in your life that you're trying to work through and perhaps you've had you know, I find it's my practice is very complementary to Western allopathic medicine. It's not an, um, a replacement, but it works really beautifully in tandem. Often people will come in with undiagnosed things from the Western medical community and they can't, they don't have any answers. And so they tend to come to more holistic practitioners to have a different way or a different perspective on healing and on what came up. So often I'll ask a lot of questions about what's going on in your life. Um, what symptoms are you having? Is there anything showing up in your body? And because I am an intuitive practitioner, I'm able to see and read energy. So beyond what someone is saying, saying to me, I'm able to read between the lines and really sense in and feel in intuitively to what is going on in their body and what they really need energetically for them to move through what they're going through, or perhaps even in a totally different direction of why they thought that they were supposed to come to see me. Oftentimes they'll, they're surprised when it takes you in a completely different direction and often it's much simpler than they anticipated. So that's, you know, that's how we get to the bottom of it. Just a little assessment and then you come in in person or online. I'm finding, so I know we were just talking about this, that in these kind of circumstances like COVID where people are transitioning their businesses from in-person to online, I think a lot of us are becoming really, um, truly delighted at the power that we have in connection online. And so for me as well, the online treatments and the energy work, because there's no physical body for me to assess through sensing and reading and, and speaking, I actually bypass that and I can go a lot deeper. And so it's been a real blessing, this chaos, I don't even want to name it, <laughs> but that's going on around us because it's really shown me that um, with this kind of work that the there are no bounds there's no distance is not an issue in person is beautiful to connect with people but not a requirement and i think a lot of people and around the globe are finding that some struggling hopefully not too much but others you know finding ways to really find success in the online world that's awesome I, and since the first time i met you i've always been so impressed with how passionate you are on helping people and the work that you do how did you end up on this path no 
Well, it's interesting because I, I'm actually a relatively left-brained person. Um, in university, I started out in pre-med and prior to university as a growing up youth, I was um, represented Canada on the world figure skating team. So I was highly athletic and competitive highly disciplined. And at that time in my life, I'd had many spiritual experiences, but I had not had um, what I felt like was a calling. I was going to be a doctor. And then my father came, became very sick. And as I was studying pre-medicine in university, he was also developing more and more severe illnesses. And I, I got really scared and I didn't feel like I could push through with the medicine degree. And it makes sense now because had I done that and committed my entire life to it, the way that I view healing and wellness isn't solely in the Western way of thinking. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. But through after university, I ended up getting a degree in psychology and political science, a joint major, which is basically useless, but <laughs> it proves that I can stay committed to something. And I did a lot of training in my life in a whole bunch of areas to try to find my passion, my calling. And it wasn't actually until, well, that's not true, about 12, 14 years ago now, I started teaching meditation. And it was right before all of this became like new edge and consciousness was really like the new mainstream thing. Spirituality was a new, new thing. People were mindfulness and meditating. Before that, I was starting to teach these concepts. And then I had an option to follow through with that path or to go back into the discomfort of what was old and traumatic for me. And guess what I did, Shauna? You went the traumatic route. <laughs> I went back. That's right. And so I feel like when we have unhealed work to do, even if we're showing the path of a different way of being, we will go back to what's comfortable, even though we know it's not good for us. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can provide an opportunity for you to either transform. And if you don't, things can happen in your life like they did with me, which I'll, I'm about to say that will prove to us that you do have to make changes to shift and to heal. And so what happened when I went back into that old way is there was a period where I had beautiful healing from it and I should have then left it. And I didn't, I stayed on because I'm, I value things like dedication and perseverance. And I grew up with that being a, a filter through I, the way I did everything. And so I just refused to bump up against things and then let them go and move on. I, I fought and I fought and I fought and I developed anxiety, severe anxiety. I was having nocturnal panic attacks, having seizures. My anxiety was so severe. I eventually had to medicate and I still wouldn't listen to my body and leave that world. And then eventually I got in a car accident. And the car accident was the universe's way of saying, you need to stop and you're not listening. And so because you're not listening, we're going to remove you for three solid months from the career you're fighting against. And in doing that, your entire career will basically fall apart because I, I was a director at the time of competitive figure skating school and I had to, I couldn't go back to work. I just, it was impossible with my injuries. And I came back to a disaster. And so we ended up making the choice through a very serendipitous, beautiful um, just happenings found this house in West Kelowna and it was the catalyst that moved us here. And since then I have been diving into some really deep shamanic training. There's a woman here named Mari Abraham, who's a beautiful Zulu initiated shamanic practitioner who trained in South Africa. And so I've been following her lineage and that has been the most beautifully powerful healing experience of my life. And every time I do a little bit more healing, it becomes like another tool in my tool bag. And so I really feel that the more healing that people do in their own being really provides more ways to be in service of other people. And so that in a very long roundabout way is how I found myself doing this work. And once I committed to it and I let go of the old perception of what I thought I should be doing in my life and how I thought I should be looking and showing up, when I let that go, my intuitive abilities and the clarity of what I was supposed to be doing went through the roof and it's not stopped since then it's evolved and it's shifted, but it's profound work. And I feel really blessed to be in a situation and also have done the healing work to be able to get me to where I am and to be able to offer the service to people. Awesome. I loved it when you said that you weren't listening and they just, and you, you just got shut down for three months. Hmm. Kind of sounds similar to the whole world right now, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing too. Um, 
witnessing what's going on in the world. I mean, I have been myself at the beginning as it transitioned into where we are. I found it difficult. My, I had my own trip to go to South Africa for five weeks to initiate into the shamanic Zulu tradition because actually I recently found out as an adoptive person that my bloodline is actually from South Africa, which is another whole really serendipitous story. I couldn't figure out why I was so in love with the Zulu tradition. Turns out my bloodline many, many generations back is from South Africa. So I feel like when this all came up and happened, it was an opportunity for people to settle in to the space that it grants us. And we want to fill the space, but all of a sudden, you know, when you're taken out from doing your new, your, your life, the way it is, you don't have anything but to sit in the discomfort of the emptiness. And I think that that has really provided an opportunity for people to figure out how they can reconnect to what really feeds their soul. Um, and when you're forced to stop, it's very uncomfortable at first, but then you start to find these new parts of yourself that awaken. And that's where I feel this shamanic piece for my own practice has been so powerful because I feel that people are starting to realize that they can survive and thrive with so much less. And that the mindset is not everything, obviously, because there are people that are really struggling right now. And I'm not, you know, I'm not negating that. But for the most part, what we can control is up to us. And it really proves to us that we have to really embrace the things that we can manage and control in our lives and let go of the rest. Nice. So we're going to get through this. We all know we're going to, we don't know what it's going to look like or when it's going to happen, but what three wishes would you have for the earth to occur after we do get through all this? Mm. I think that the missing piece is and what COVID has shown us is that we are not just living on the earth, engaging with one another. We are living on a conscious being who has limitations and there's a gentle, respectful reciprocity that is required to thrive for all beings on this planet. And so my one main wish would be that we can remember, and it's just a remembering because thousands of years ago, we were all in tune with the planet and that's just how it worked. It's to remember that we do have choice in how we engage with the planet and how we can listen. And so it's, it's, it's reminding ourselves and remembering that just by listening, we can find better ways to do things that are better for us spiritually, that are better for the planet, that don't require um, so much blind commitment, that when we are stuck inside and we are granted the ability to go out into the planet, engage in nature, those, are, those experiences for people have been very healing. And that that shouldn't stop, that that awareness of what the planet can give us and fuel us on a higher level is one of the best things to come out of this experience, in my opinion. And the earth needs a break. We all need a break. I have so many clients and people that are doing my guided meditations that are actually quite fearful of when this comes to an end because they don't quite feel that they've had enough time to stop and refuel. And as people feel these new connections kind of knitting into the fiber of their personalities, they realize that it feels like they haven't had enough time to concretize those, that they haven't quite um, become the piece that they want, that they can see the potential of being and engaging more deeply with the planet and how that reciprocity works. And so people are starting to wake up to this and then they're feeling like we might at any time be asked to go back to the old normal. And so what I've also been finding is how can we as like collectively and how can the planet teach us how to not go back to the old way of being because it's comfortable and because it's easy. It's easier for us to all go back and like start the wheel again going, but it's not necessarily what is going to be best for us or the planet. And so it's reminding people moving forward that you are empowered to make the choices in however you see fit. Don't allow societal expectations to supersede what you feel is right and how you engage with the world and other people on it and, and the planet itself you know, how many people are, are discovering gardening, like really discovering gardening, you know, things like getting your hands in the earth and just basic 
back to basics that are really transformational. And for me, it's really exciting because that's kind of the way that I live. But seeing other people have conversations about like plants that they're growing from seed that they've never done before. And just a small thing that is just so novel. And yet it's not, you know, it's like that should be the way and the norm. But it's okay. People are remembering. And so through the remembrance, we're developing. Every time someone engages, the relationship with the earth is being repaired. And that to me is just the most powerful thing. Nice. I love your beautiful surroundings. I was making a comment of that before. So what do you, what do you use the space uh, behind you for? So the space behind me is my healing room and it's a home-based business currently. And I have a beautiful room that's on the ground floor and we can also see the lake, which is really powerful. And our property to me is really magical because we have about 20 fruit trees that grow. And so even if people come for retreats or things like that, you can just sort of walk the property and pick fruit. And it's just, it's got a lot of heart, this space. And this room in particular has been um, holding seminars and workshops that I have. We hold women's circles and meditations here um, and private clients that come in for sessions are here as well. So, and also I have people that I really align with that need a space to work for about 15 to 20 people. I, I'm always excited to share and collaborate with people that are interested in, in using a space like this. There's an adjacent kitchen also that's there and it sounds like a media center right behind me in the, in the arches. So it's like a little um, set up conference center, but a mini one, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so what, do, what are your day-to-day -day practices so that you stay connected and whole? Hmm. So I... My whole life was transformed when I began a meditation practice about 20 years ago. And I learned traditional Vipassana, which is um, just a traditional, not exciting way of meditating. It's very difficult because it's very simple and very repetitive. But if you commit to it and you have the dedication, the awareness and the pulling back of your awareness to just your breath, which is the foundation of Vipassana can be really transformational. So I've had varying themes of meditation throughout my practice and my day is always the same. Sometimes I'll miss it or I'll bump my practice to the end of the day. But typically I wake up in the morning and before I put my feet on the ground, I am grateful for another day on this planet. So I start with gratitude and then I get up, I grab a cup of tea, I come to the healing room, I light my altar and I, I meditate. Sometimes it's to ask for spiritual guidance. Sometimes, especially as of late, um, I've been, there's been a lot of people in my life and in the lives of the people that I love that have been unwell or affected by COVID or um, just needing support with everything that people are going through with loss of jobs. And so there's been a lot of prayer for people as well um, that really helps me feel connected and um, engaged with people that I may not have access to, but who I feel need a little bit of help. And then, so that is my foundational practice. And then lately, as of late, like everybody right now, I've been gardening like a mad woman. I'm going to bring you some plants, Shauna, because I just, anyone who needs like squash or cucumber, just let me know because I have all the things, like hundreds of them. I don't know where I'm going to put them. Got my own nursery going on back, back in the backyard. <laughs> so that's been that. And, and, you know, Monday, or not Monday, pardon me, Wednesdays and Saturdays, if anyone is interested as well, Shauna, you're more than welcome to join. It's a live Zoom meditation that I'm really just trying to offer to be in service for our community. Uh, we actually have been spreading. There have been people coming in from Greece and other countries and joining us on the meditations. And they are, Wednesdays, they're dedicated to more focus on the individual person that's there and what they need at that time on the Wednesday morning, it's 9am. Then on Saturday, typically they've been targeted towards connecting in consciousness and connecting as a community to have more of an impact and more of an awareness moving forward of how we can support each other. So there's the discussion piece each day on Wednesday and Saturday. And then there's the guided meditation where I lead people through a guided meditation. And that's been taking a lot of my time as well, because I think it's really important that people have different avenues for support. They've got BWB, they've got these kind of things that you're putting on Shauna for our community. You're just such an amazing light for us. And I really do find the organization I'm so proud to be a part of because it's, it's such a support for our community. And so in my own little way, offering these meditations, I've been trying to do the same. Did you and want to distance clients too, so. Cool. Do you want to take us through a short meditation? Sure. 
Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. We just do like a nice little basic one, you bet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so wherever you are sitting, just to get really comfortable. And the first thing I usually guide, I'll just do about 10 minutes here. We'll just do some breath work. The first thing I usually encourage people to do is um, to sit with your back supported and to just allow yourself to gently close your eyes. And then just do a really short scan of your body. So as you're breathing, becoming aware of your breath and how it's entering, that point where it just enters and exits your nostrils and just allowing yourself to breathe for a couple of moments there. And then just doing a slight scan. So bringing your awareness to the top of your head and allowing it just to travel down to your eyebrows and just settle sort of between the eyebrows and just allow that area to slacken and relax. And bringing your awareness to your eyelids and just allowing them to soften. And moving down even further to your cheeks and just allowing your jaw to just unhinge a little and just soften tend to hold a lot of tension in the jaw and the shoulders. And continuing to be mindful with your breath, just bringing your awareness down to the top of your neck and traveling down the shoulders and down the arms, and allowing a deepening of your breath so that the out breath is becoming an opportunity for gravity to really settle into your physical form allowing your shoulders to really drop down with each out breath. Continuing to hold your eyelids and your jaw softly. Just feeling your breath becoming longer on the in-breath and out-breath. Just giving yourself permission for these few moments just to be exactly as you are without any effort to try to change anything. There's a surrendering and an acceptance piece to being able to be mindful in meditation. And moving your awareness down now to your heart, the front and the back, and just allowing it to center there as the center of where we hold most of our emotion. And moving down a little further to the diaphragm and allowing your breath to almost expand on the in-breath like you're blowing up a balloon in that diaphragm area and allowing yourself to really breathe from your belly. And if you're breathing correctly from your belly and you're allowing the in-breath to expand that part, you will feel it is tight and constricted, almost like a drum at the very top. And that's perfect, it's normal. And just encouraging yourself on these in-breaths just to push that drum taut and tight and allow it to just feel that resistance and then allow the out-breath just to soften. And continuing to breathe with your awareness in that diaphragm area. And noting whether there are other areas that your awareness is being drawn to, other areas that may have tension, and you can apply that same awareness on the in-breath and then letting it go on the out-breath. This is really about giving yourself permission to be present in the moment, no matter what is going on in your life prioritizing you for just a few moments so that you can put life and expectations and demands on the back burner. And you can come back fully into your body. So using the breath to do that. And moving your awareness down now even lower to that navel area as around your belly button just below. And I know I personally hold so much tension here when I breathe. So allowing the out-breath to soften that lower abdomen area.
and also becoming aware of that point right at the base of your tailbone. Just allowing your attention to focus there and perhaps also becoming aware of the contact point between where you're sitting and your physical body. And allowing that connection to ground you, to make you remember and become aware that you are safe to be in this body. That despite what's going on around the world, you are safe to feel what you feel, to react how you react, that all of those experiences are to be human and that they're perfect and part of feeling, that feelings are for feeling. <laughs> so allowing yourself just to sit at that awareness of that contact point and allowing yourself to breathe into it. And wherever your attention is drawn on the next few in and out breaths, allowing the in breaths to feel as though the breath coming into your body is expanding through your whole physical form. And then drawing that energy back into your body on the out breath. In breath expansive, allowing it to push out of your physical form. And on the out breath, bringing it back in and allowing it to center back in. When you're doing this breathing exercise, you can do this at any time. And you can also use it as a way to pull your spirit or your, your true, who you really are inside your physical body. You can pull it back into your own self because often, when we're in vigilance or under stress, we push our awareness out of our body so that we can make sure that we're safe, so that we're on sort of high alert. And so as a breathing exercise and a meditation, you can practice the in-breath and the out-breath going out and back into your body so that you can pull your own energy in to make sure that you're filling your own cup and then you can be more of service to other people that you love in your life. So just practicing a couple more breaths of regaining your full being into your physical body. And fully coming home, so to speak, back into your physical body. Allowing the breath to push your awareness out and then back in just a few more times. And then of course, part of this practice is as the thoughts come in and the expectations of what you have to do and task lists and all those things, as they come in, even if it's for five minutes, allowing them to come in and then pushing them away and refocusing on the feeling of breath, either through the nostrils or in your diaphragm. And that becomes the practice over and over and over regaining your focus on being in your body and breathing, and then losing focus and bringing it back each time. And the point being, each time we bring it back, we are practicing strengthening the mind muscle so that it no longer runs and spirals out of control for us. So that we can manage our fears, we can manage our egoic responses, we can manage our stress by managing the quality of our thoughts. And that becomes the practice of mindfulness and meditation. And so just taking another nice deep breath and starting to feel back into your fingers and your toes and starting to just be aware of the other sounds in the room you're sitting in. And when you're ready, opening your eyes. How do you feel, Shauna? Awesome. awesome. <laughs> I uh, started at the beginning of this year uh, meditating every day, and I've been pretty, I have been doing it every day. <laughs> what a difference that makes. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes um, because I tend 
to work, not tend, I work in a very spiritual field. Um, luckily I have like a science background, so data matters to me and scientific proof matters, but it is a very spiritual world. And sometimes I think people forget that things like meditation, they're not always a solution to make you feel good. The practice themselves shows your body on a, on a higher level. The consistency of it shows that you're showing up for yourself every single day. And I think that's what's really beautiful about what you're doing, Sean, is you're showing up every single day. And some days you'll probably, I'm, I'm not to put words in your mouth, but probably feel meditations are easier and other days are harder. Do you find that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So it's like, because a monkey brain, right? <laughs> Goes crazy totally. up into other things. And it's like, okay, focus, focus, focus. Yeah. And it's very true. It's very hard sometimes. And I think that people, when they start to meditate, they believe that the meditation will pull them out of the discomfort. And that's not really what it's for. Ideally, the meditation is to teach us how to thrive regardless of what's going on in our surroundings and to be able to sort of sit in the eye of the storm and know by showing up every day for ourselves in whatever form of the practice you have, that you're going to be able to get through whatever's going on in your life, that you have the tools from your life experience, that everything is going to be okay. And being able to sit in the fear and sit in the insecurity and sit in the whatever is going on for you um, and still showing up and still knowing that you're going to manage just fine. And that's, I think the power, the power of a meditation practice. Um, it's like a little microcosm of life. So you have good days and you have bad days, but at the end of the day, you you have to show up. Mm-hmm. And so the practice of it means you eventually start to show up more consistently despite what's going on around you. Yeah, I, I definitely became more aware of my feelings and stuff going through the med- uh, the guided meditations and yeah. labeling things. So even during the day, I was like, okay, I'm angry. I'm feeling angry, like labeling it and then try to find out why or I'm I'm pissed off or um. I'm sad or like, it's been interesting. And then it's like, and then question myself, am I feeding this or am I like, it's been, it's been, I've, I've been finding it uh, huge. Just love it. And trying to be yeah. peaceful and, and like aware. Well, and that's really beautiful too, because I think you clearly just as the type of person that you are, are able to access not only the motions, but also to label them and then to track them, to find what could it have been in my life that created that, which is, pretty beautiful. Um, But a lot of people are unable to actually even access their emotions. And so mindfulness even becomes more powerful because it takes a long time for them to trust themselves Mm. via meditation, via just being alone with their own thoughts to be able to dive into what their feelings are. So there's different types of people. Some can make really beautiful fluid connections like you are through your own practice and other people Um, it's almost a requirement for them to get to know themselves again. And it can take time, but it can be really profound, the transformation. And and, and surprising. I can't believe how locked my patterns are locked in. So this trigger, and then I'll always respond the same way. And wasn't really aware of it until I started meditating and then thinking of it. It's, it's it's cool. I I recommend it to anybody. It's fantastic. For sure. And I do as well. And the labeling technique that you're talking about is like, it's a critical one. And I actually have taken that, when you become aware, you become aware of being able to label what's going on almost because you've got a little bit of space between who you are as a personality, who Shauna is, and then Shauna's ego. And so when you've got those pulled apart and you have the space from the mindfulness practice, you can start to catch yourself and you're like, ah, that's that, or okay, that's anxiety or I'm angry. And so it's that space that mindfulness provides for us. And then what we do with it is very individual. I even take it a step further where beyond the labeling piece, which I still do, I actually have these little post-it notes that I put up on my computer and in my bathroom. And I have them in places that I often find myself thinking or relaxing where I might be catching a bad way of thinking or a bad technique or a bad habit. And I'll write on them, is this serving me? Is this emotion helpful? And it just reminds me to ask myself that because sometimes when we spiral out of control, it's hard to catch it, especially when there's fear involved and we have a lot going on in our lives and our lives have been uprooted and completely shifted like they have been. We will get on these tangents of like trying to control whatever's going on in our life. And if anything has been taught to us from this experience, I think it is that we, we have no control over anything, nothing. The only thing we can control is our response to everything that is happening in the world. 
And that becomes really powerful because it's how you regain your power and also comes again from awareness and mindfulness can really exacerbate that in a positive way, I think. So I've never been through a meditation with you. That was awesome. Like really. That's just a mini one, but thank you. Yeah. The best one I've ever, I like it. I like how you did the whole body thing. It was fantastic. And I read when you breathe out, let your shoulders drop more. It's like, you're, you're amazing. Thank you. (laughs) And you know, for people who are watching this and are thinking about meditating, there are so many styles of meditation. And so it's, I think it's really important that you start out by, starting some guided ones. And there's apps like Calm, which has a membership. There's also free apps um, called Insight, which I really, really like. And you can put in what you want, anxiety relief or you know, certain, maybe there's health or it's body pain or chronic illness of some sort. And then you can put them into the apps and they'll pull up the appropriate meditations for you. But I just want to be really clear too for people because often some of the feedback is, oh yeah, I've tried meditating and it just wasn't for me. If it wasn't for you, then try something else, like try a different style. So maybe you're a really left brain person and you work in accounting or law or you know something that really requires a lot of analytics. You're not going to probably benefit from a super visual meditation, which is what I tend towards doing. The reason why I choose more visual meditations is that's how I see the world in my intuitive way. And also I believe that that's how we can deeply connect with who we are intuitively because the visualization piece is concocted from all of our experiences that are sitting in our subconscious. So if we're able to connect with the awarenesses of all of the experiences we have, then the deeper learnings and the messages or the intuition guidance comes through those filters of our experience. So the visual piece is also visual meditation. When I guide people through them is like working another muscle and another way to connect to yourself, but it isn't always the way that people are comfortable doing. And it's often not, the starting point for some people. Some people just need to learn how to breathe from their belly properly, which we kind of briefly touched on because none of, almost none of us breathe from our belly. We breathe from our lungs, which of course we do, but we don't know how to move our body anymore. And if you think of, if you have a situation in your life where you've become scared or you're even watching like a horror movie and there's this part of the movie or this experience and it, it startles us. You, like you tighten everything and we are doing that in micro ways all throughout our day without awareness, typically, unless you're a yoga teacher or meditation teacher of how to connect with your body, see where it's holding and then relax it. And if we're not practicing this opportunity to let our bodies relax and we're holding the stress constantly, we are going to get sick. It's inevitable. And it's scientifically proven that our bodies hold emotions, which can be transitioning into illness if they're not tended. And that's how trauma shows up as illness in the body. So I think it's important for people who are like, oh, meditation is not my thing. Totally honor that if it's not, and you've tried a different, like a bunch of different things. But even come to one of my meditations and see if visual meditation is something that you like. If there's, there's always tools that you go home with or practices that you can reincorporate every time you come to a meditation. So, you know, it's not just the experience, but it's also something that you can go back when you have five minutes and you can utilize an aspect of what I guided you through as an opportunity to help you cope from whatever you need. And perhaps you just need to follow, you know, like Brene Brown does meditations and they're beautiful. Like just finding your, the niche that works for you um, because it's, there's hundreds of different kinds, hundreds, and it really depends on your personality. Like I'm very disciplined. I grew up disciplined. My life was disciplined. So getting up and doing a very specific Vipassana meditation, that's my practice, but that's not what I guide my clients and people who join to do. It's very, I do visual meditations, which are totally different. So it's important that people can know themselves well enough to know what will work. Cause I swear if I swear, if people find the right way, it will change their life. I really do believe that. So it's just about having the patience and commitment to discover what that is. I, I totally agree with you. I think that's fantastic. As you know, I'm a podcast junkie. Yes. <laughs> and I recently heard on a podcast that, that, that deep belly breathing mm-hmm. can help keep disease away or clear disease out. And it's, is that what you, you think? Yeah. Is- I mean, that's what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, we're discovering this, relationship between the mind-body connection. It's old Eastern philosophies that are now being proven by science, finally, which, you know, sages and witches and all sorts of spiritual people have theorized that were, you know, actually really important in how 
we relate to our body and how we process what goes on in our life. And the deep belly breathing is an important one. I can't tell you how many clients that I've seen that struggle, and it's just, it's normal because of how we hold things in our body that struggle to breathe from this, from this part of their tummy. Like they just, they almost cannot do it. And when they start to breathe just from the belly, it feels awful. It feels really restricting. It doesn't feel like breathing. And so I don't think that, um, I think that everyone just needs to figure out what their bodies need and basic breathing and being able to relax when you breathe is like a little mini reset for your nervous system each time you're aware of it. And we all need to be really gentle with our nervous systems right now because everything is firing. Um, there's a lot of collective angst and a lot of collective fear and the media is doing nothing to ease it. And so, you know, what we can do is rely on a few research sources that are relevant and full of fact, and then try to find the wisdom in our own bodies and what we should be doing to move forward for ourselves. And I'm just a real advocate of minimizing everything external right now, taking this opportunity as uncomfortable as it may be to get to know who we really are, what we really stand for, any values that we may have put on the back burner because responsibility, societal expectations have demanded that of us. And now that they're on the back burner to really realign with what's real and important and makes us who we are. And when we get back to like true authenticity, we become connected with ourselves, with our families, with our pets, with our plants, with the planet, with all the beings on the planet. And we start to recognize the planet and you and I are no different from one another. We all are in this together. And I think authenticity and awareness is just everything right now and doing the best we can because the transition piece might be uncomfortable for people. And I just, you know, no pain, no gain kind of thing. If you're trying to explore what this all means and you're having like a little bit of an existential crisis, this is amazing. Use that opportunity to know that on the other side of your discomfort is beauty. And on the other side of any sort of pain and growth is an opportunity to live your absolute best life and that we have that choice right now on how we focus our intentions. And it can all start with something as simple as learning to breathe from the belly. <laughs> it really can. It's these little things like we don't have to be changing the world every day. You know, one thing I think that for me personally, this experience has granted me and others in my situation, even like people like you, Shauna, is that we don't have to always be go, go, go. It's okay to not do anything and to give ourselves permission to not be the same people we were just five or six weeks ago before this all hit and to explore what that feels like, to give ourselves permission to let our guards down and remember what it feels like to not be under that constant sense of control and um, go, go, go. There's something really powerful about the opportunity just to realign with the planet and do nothing at times. And that feeling, if you let it in, can really be what provides the platform for real, concrete, positive change, I think. That is beautiful. That's exactly the realization I've come to in the last few days, actually, is to stop the go, 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 enjoy the what I'm doing at a slower pace and just incorporate taking care of me and our new puppy and just being out in nature and stuff. It's, it's, it's been great because, uh, yeah, I just love it. So I know you almost have an insatiable thirst for knowledge and growth. So what are you, what are you, what are you currently working on? And uh, how do you always make sure you incorporate that into your life? Cause it's so important to you. Yeah. So since I started this path um, and I've really tried to honor whatever intuitively comes in for me to follow, um, as of late, the most recent one is, is working a lot with and studying. I'm taking a couple of courses on herbalism and understanding our relation, the old, almost antiquated relationship with plants. And it's perfect timing. It just so happened to be early spring when I started. And so, you know, I'm growing a lot of plants and trying to develop a different way of being in relationship with, with them. It sounds very hippie. I'm actually not a very hippie person, <laughs> um, but I sometimes watch myself and what I'm exploring and what I'm doing. And there's this part of me sometimes that's like, what are you doing, Key? What, what's this? <laughs> what's this new? And then the other part of me is honoring whatever I feel drawn towards. And I also feel that a relationship with plants as whole plants and whole beings 
um, is a really good way to also compare a relationship with people because often we look at people as specific characteristics. Uh, this person does X and this person has a family and they have this dog. And whereas when you look at the person or relate to the person as a whole being, as we can in the old ways of viewing plants, the relationship dynamic changes. And we start to realize that we have so much more to offer one another and to work in relationship with. And so I feel like the relationship with plants is teaching me how to engage with people in a way where I look at the whole person and all the things that they can offer in their own wisdom of their own life. And it's taught me how to listen better. And it's taught me how to see more clearly and to feel more clearly how people show up. And sometimes I think it's really important that people feel truly seen and truly heard. And that's kind of a lost art in how busy we keep ourselves. And so for me personally, I've been learning through studying plants that cannot talk back to you. So if there's any information that you want to glean from a plant, yes, you can Google it and research and study the herbalism piece, but you can also engage with the energy of a living being. And it's a whole different way of communicating. So that's been my new um, thing that now I have time to spare. And I feel really grateful that I have that time understanding the different kind of language that plants speak. So that's been interesting to say the very least. <laughs> so that's my new learning path right now. I'm constantly studying the shamanic piece and, you know, I've, I've got the herbalism and all the scientific ways that it's broken down and constitutes, you know, making medicine an allopathic way as well. So I'm, I'm studying both sides, but the real fascinating piece is the underlying energetic current of being in relationship with plants. Very cool. I love that. <laughs> so we've barely touched on the surface of uh, Akila and what she's all about. Is there anything else you want to share before we uh, wrap this up that we haven't covered? Um, I don't think so. I think just my experience, luckily having implemented um, a practice that's kept me grounded over this whole experience. I had implemented that many, many years ago. So I feel really grateful that I already had that in place because had I not, I'm not sure how much more difficult maneuvering through what we're going through would have been. And so I encourage people to reach out to support systems whenever they feel they need it right now. And I think that um, we need to be very tender with our mental health and we need to reach out to community and reach out that reaching out to community and asking for connection is not weakness. And I think that that's a critical part of thriving and connecting online in community is just um, asking for help when you need it. And people are reaching out and people are offering whatever is required. That's how our communities are coming together. So that's my only thing. Implement a practice that makes you feel good. If you need help, find the people that can teach you. If you want support and you're interested in meditation, come join these free twice a week meditations. Um, if you're considering joining Balanced Wellbeing as a practitioner of any sort, or I, my experience with Shauna and your, your business has been just amazing. And so I'm always especially now when we need the community online, having already the community to fall into with BWB has been really powerful for me. So whatever it is that you need right now, take advantage of the opportunity to find it and act on it and put yourself first. Yes, we have families and responsibilities, but right now figure out what it is and how to serve yourself in the best way possible so we can collectively show up for one another more deeply, I think is, is my main message. You're awesome. No, you're awesome, Shauna. I'm so thankful. So grateful have, for you. I'm so thankful to have you in my life, and uh, I love all yeah, the stuff you. you're doing. You're so inspiring. You're just a little spark plug, living fairly close to me. <laughs> I know I can kind almost, of wave to you right yeah, now. I almost feel you. <laughs> and I know you've been doing some great things with the food bank, trying to get some to roll up your sleeves and get busy with things. And thank you for doing that. It's like, of course, again, yeah, I, spark plug thing you're doing. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, if anyone is um, has donations for the food bank, I pick them up twice a week, and you can join the group. It's called Do Good Things Kelowna. Um, so just we've also sent out like love boxes for people in other areas who are immune compromised, who are not able to go into the stores, and so we delivered one to Kamloops a couple weeks ago. And just trying to do, even if you help one person, 
You know, even if you impact one person in some way, I just feel like that can be the catalyst and the saving grace for that person. There's a lot of people who I think are feeling alone and lonely and don't know how to connect or reach out. And so maybe just also checking up on the people in your life and the quiet ones and making sure that everyone is okay. And, and uh, yeah, really taking this opportunity as things are quiet to love ourselves a little bit differently than we may have in the past. And however that looks is very individual, but remembering that this is an opportunity to teach ourselves a new way of respecting ourselves and respecting our planet and how we walk upon the planet a new to take the opportunity because we can change the world at this time if we want to, and we can, and we will. I really do believe it. I do too. I think just turn off the news <laughs> yep. and stay away from the toxic stuff. And I'm just so hopeful with the amazing people that are in our community and on our planet and just follow those, follow that lead and, and feed off that. I think you're, you're, you're yeah. totally right on. Yeah. And follow that little voice or that little, those little blips on your radar that you feel drawn towards, like whatever they are, those little, they're the voice that you hear that guides us intuitively and spiritually is very faint. It's just a little whisper. It's not going to announce to you that you should do this or follow that or change this. So just really tapping in with the space that we have at, at home and allowing ourselves to really hear where we're supposed to be going and following and be how, how we are supposed to support ourselves and other people right now and allowing that voice to be heard and then acting on it and seeing what happens. Your whole life can change when you start to follow your own inner guidance. And right now the external guidance is not where you want to be seated. This is not a time for us to be following the media and to be engaging in numbers. If it doesn't affect your personal day-to-day -day life, don't look at it, right? Take care of your people, take care of yourself and your families and those that need you. Get the facts if it's in relationship to your work or whatever the case is. And beyond that, settle into knowing yourself again and how you can show up really authentically so that we can be really become the full versions of ourselves that we forget about when we're in these day-to-day -day rat races. Very, very well said. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, wonderful. my friend. I miss you. And thank you for having me on. And um, let's definitely have a tea whenever we can. Okay. Maybe even by Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds well, good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Shauna. Have a great day. You too.